Hi, my gems. Niara Jasmine here, and you are now tuned in to the Growing Gardenias podcast. In this space, we have candid conversations about mental health, mental wellness, trauma, healing, and the other hard stuff we don't like to talk about. Always remember, you are still growing and still learning daily, and you are never alone. So grab your tea or your wine, sit back and relax, and let's get started. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of the Growing Gardenias podcast. Before we start, I just want to give a trigger warning. There will be mention of sexual assault and different forms of sexual assault and the long-term impact that these experiences have on people's lives. And that's very difficult to listen to, especially if you have your own experience. So please just listen with caution. So as you may or may not know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And I think it's important that we talk about this because it's hard. Like, I'll just say that it's hard to deal with. It's hard to support someone who has experienced this. And I personally know a lot of people who have experienced some form of sexual assault, whether it's from a family member or a friend or a stranger, or even if they didn't know that it constituted as sexual assault for both men and women also. Like, I know a lot of people who have had some sort of experience in which they did not give proper consent. And to me, that's really disheartening, of course, and it's also scary that so many people have these experiences, but we're just not talking about it. So you have people thinking that they're alone in some of these experiences, and they're not at all. And we're not having these conversations about being molested, about being raped, about being coerced. Like we're not having these conversations because it's uncomfortable and it's quote unquote taboo. And a lot of the time, the survivors, just to know, I'm going to be saying survivors throughout this episode because... I'm not a victim. We're not victims. We're survivors. And that language here is very important. And, you know, this is uncomfortable. This does feel taboo because we have these experiences and we're taught to question ourselves. Well, what did you do to make this happen? What were you wearing? Why were you in this place? When that's the wrong questions to be asking. Those are not the right questions because it's never the survivor's fault. It's never your fault. If something has happened to you or you've experienced something, it's not your fault and it wasn't your fault. And I understand not being in the space where you can speak about it because like I said, it's difficult. Like who wants to think about that? You know, I don't like talking about it, but right now I'm at a place in my life where I can be more open about it because I've done kind of like the healing work and kind of doing my own things to get through it. Um, But there was a point in time where I couldn't truly. And for a while I buried it and even coming to terms with like certain experiences in college that I now realize, "Mm, okay, that was kind of sexual assault. Like that was messed up. That's hard. Like realizing like you've been violated in that type of way is really hard. And so I've mentioned it before in probably some episodes, but you know, I was molested growing up um, by a family member and just speaking to like what survivors experience as a survivor myself for years, I questioned myself, like, am I remembering this correctly? You know, this happened when I was so young. I'm bringing this up years later. You know, like I really questioned myself a lot and I questioned my sanity because it's like, how could you remember something that happened to you when you were four years old? But then again, I have a vivid image of like something happening. So it's like, am I crazy? Am I making this up in my head? Like what's going on? And I really felt like I was crazy and I felt ridiculous. And I felt like, okay, it's been like 10 years. Like who's going to believe me? Like, I think I told my family, well, I told my mom and my grandmother when I was like, maybe like 12 or something, but I'm like, it's years later. Are they even going to believe me? Like that's how I felt. And 
when I finally told them, it was kind of like, here, I'm just telling you this. And I remember being asked, like, do you want to go to the police? Do you want to report it? And I'm like, no, they're not going to believe me because you already know, like, my father's incarcerated. And that was around the time sort of that we're kind of still dealing with things or whatever. And I'm like, nobody's going to believe me. Like, I was a little kid. Like, I was just very discouraged um, and scared, too. And I'm like, you know, I'm bringing this up now. Why didn't I say something then? And it's like whoa, 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 like, you got to give yourself, me talking to myself, you got to give yourself some grace, like, that's not how this works, and it wasn't until I got to, like, high school, like, the older I got, that's when it really started to dawn on me, like, okay, yeah, this was really fucked up, actually, like, how dare you, you know, violate me in that way, and, you know, even touch for me was a as a child, touch a child or, you know, do hurt a child, harm a child that trusted you as an adult figure. And a lot of people have that experience with someone that they care about or somebody that they love or someone who shares the same blood as them. And that is really scary. And, and of course you wouldn't want to talk about it or think about it, but you know, there's other people also experiencing this thinking like, damn, I'm in this by myself because nobody's talking about it. But if you are listening to this and if you're a survivor or whether you have someone who you care about that's a survivor, you are not alone in this. Unfortunately, it's much more common than you think. It's just not in the open as much as it should be or as it could be. So like I said, I was avoiding it. And then I noticed in college, like it was kind of starting to impact me like with relationships. Like I didn't trust people with intimacy. Like I just had a hard time like letting people in and I also felt like I started to feel like like I was damaged, like damaged goods, because I'm like, OK, this person violated me and like now I have no more worth. I'm worthless now. And I remember feeling like that for a very, very, very long time. Like I was depressed. I just felt disgusting, like I felt used. And I really had to talk to myself. And of course, was I even in therapy then? So I was in therapy, but. I was in therapy with the white woman and I think I told y'all about her like she was cool and everything just wasn't for me like we didn't mesh that well um but we briefly talked about it and I remember and I definitely I definitely spoke about this I think in the me too episode but I definitely um hit up my abuser and I was like yeah what the fuck is wrong with you why would you do that and then I kind of pressed him a little bit and he was just like you know I messed up and I was just like what like it it, it just it was just my way of feeling like I could have some control over the situation because I didn't have control back then when you were hurting me, but I'm an adult now. And I got to a point where I was like, this is taking too much away from me. Like I felt like it was taking my power because I was letting it at that point. And not to say that like, if you're still struggling with, you know, your experience with your experience and handling your emotions that you're letting it take your power, you're not, that's what, that's not what I'm saying. But for me, I just felt like at that point, it was like, okay, like either be depressed and continue to um, like hate myself or try to accept things and move on. And accepting it doesn't mean you can't acknowledge the pain that I brought you. You can, because I definitely did. Like it made me feel, like I said, like shit for a very long time. But I got to a point where I was like, I just don't want to experience this anymore. And I do not recommend messaging your abuser or talking to your abuser. I don't recommend that. Um, and I don't know why I did that. It was a very impulsive decision, but it's just what I felt like I needed to do. And not for closure, because like I said, you can only give yourself closure. But at the time, I think that's what I thought it was like, hmm, OK, I'm going to get some type of closure and he can explain why he did this to me. Um, and when he said what he said, 
I didn't I didn't get any type of closure. It was just like, okay, like what the hell do I say now? I was just like, okay, like I'm gonna pray for you. And I really did pray for him for real. Cause at that point, like I felt bad for him because it's clearly like maybe you experienced something. And that's me also getting into like my psychologist mind. But I'm like, maybe you experienced something. Maybe you were abused when you were a child for you to to do that, you know? So I kind of not had sympathy for him, but I didn't hate him. Like I didn't feel as much anger towards him as I did before I messaged him. Because when he said that, I was like, I was kind of like, you're like pathetic. Like I feel sorry for you um, and I am going to pray for you. And I did. Again, I don't recommend that. I really don't recommend that as a way of quote unquote closure. That's really not a good idea. That's just what I decided to do. But it's hard. And I had to tell myself, okay, I'm ready to face this because at this point, this is bringing me down. And I know that as a survivor, it's so difficult to accept your experience. And it may be even more difficult to talk to people about it. So like when you talk about it, you're brought back to a place you don't want to be. Like, I know I didn't want to talk about it because I reverted to being that scared and confused little girl who didn't understand what was happening, who understood that it was wrong, but couldn't articulate why it was wrong and why it felt wrong. I go back to that and I don't like going back to that. And when you start thinking about these things, it's so easy to like self-blame. Why didn't I say anything? Why didn't I fight back? Why did I freeze? And I feel like specifically, so for those of you who have experienced childhood sexual abuse or for those of you who have experienced multiple forms of sexual abuse, I'm so sorry. And I believe you. And I know firsthand how hard it is to put that blame on yourself because it's like, well, why was I in this situation? And if you were a child when it happened, well, why didn't I say anything? Well, why didn't I tell anyone? Um, why didn't I fight back? And it's like, I've also, y'all know, I worked at a rape center before for three years. So I've also worked with survivors before. And I always tell them and myself, like, you did what you had to do in that moment to survive. And that's what matters. You got out of there safely. So whether you fought back or you didn't, whether you froze or you didn't, whether you screamed for help or you didn't, it doesn't matter. Your body did what it needed to do in that moment to keep you safe. You did what you had to do to survive. So there is nothing to blame yourself over because you are not at fault for something that was done to you. You're not at fault for that. You will never be at fault for that ever. And I know it's hard to believe that, especially when you see things in social media, like you'll see a woman or or a man or whoever, you'll see someone come forward and be like, yeah, this person assaulted me. And then you see all these mean comments like, well, well, why'd you do this? What were you wearing? What'd you do this for? Da, 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 da. And it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, and this is why people don't want to come forward because that's the backlash that they're met with is like, well, what do you mean? How did this happen to me? And I'm getting blamed for it and people are coming at me. So I get it. And I understand why it's easier to just blame yourself, but you are not at fault. You are not at fault for something that was done to you. And whoever made you believe that, whatever you've seen, take that out of your head. You're, it's not on you. It's not your fault. You survived. And that's what matters. You survived. And like even knowing what constitutes as sexual assault is difficult. Like when we think of sexual assault, we think of like, or let me speak for myself. When I think of sexual assault or matter of fact, in the past, yeah, in the past, when I thought about sexual assault, it was like a stranger trying to hurt someone or, you know, physically pinning someone down. But actually most survivors are assaulted by someone that they know. It's actually very rarely a stranger. And I didn't learn what constituted 
as sexual assault until I worked at a rape center. Like I didn't know all the different things that constituted as sexual assault. For example, coercion. Nobody ever said, hey, if someone's pestering you and verbally harassing you and trying to force you into something that you don't want to do, that is considered sexual assault. Like if someone has sex with someone else only after they've been harassed, they've been bullied into it, that's coercion. And that's not giving proper consent. Anything that's not a yes, I want to do this or yes, I'm willing to do this, not body language. You don't go based off of body language. It needs to be verbal consent. Verbal consent. If it's not that, you don't have consent. And I've had an experience like that in college where I literally remember saying, yeah, I don't want to have sex with you. And I was crying. I literally, I was crying and trigger warning. I'm so sorry for anyone who has also experienced this. Um, Cause I know it could be hard to even listen to, but I literally remember being like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I, I don't want to do this. I'm not comfortable. I don't want to do this. And I wasn't like pinned down or anything. I wasn't forced like physically, but verbally I was because it was like a lot of um, pestering and, you know, um, shaming me, trying to make me feel guilty, which literally at the time I didn't know it was coercion. And I was talking to a friend about it and I'm explaining the situation. And my friend is like, um, yeah, you didn't want to do it. You didn't give proper consent. Yeah. This, this is, this is rape. Like coercion is rape. And that's what happened. And when I had that realization, I was like, oh, okay. I don't want to talk about this. And literally till this day, I have not talked about it um, because it's not something that I'm willing to face, especially because that's one of those situations, especially I feel like for coercion, you definitely feel like it's your fault because you're like, well, you know, I I did this or I gave the indication maybe at one point that I did want something to happen or, or whatever the case is, but you feel like you can't really like talk about it. And I remember I have cut like some people off because I've just seen them say ignorant things like you can't scream up and down that you support survivors but when it's time to support survivors you don't believe them or you're questioning their story that they've decided to share with you that it probably took them a lot of courage to share with you or you know you don't believe that certain forms of sexual assault are even sexual assault to begin with or it's like you know you're blaming them that's crazy that's that's crazy and it hurts like it doesn't feel good to know that like people don't believe you. And so that's why I say like, I believe you. If you're a survivor and you're listening to this, I believe you. I believe you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to over explain. You don't have to say anything else. I believe you. And when you're a survivor and you're violated in any way, it's really hard, at least for me, it was really hard to like get support and even seek support because it really changes you and not in a good way. Like, you know how people scream like, oh, my trauma made me stronger. That's not always the case for everybody. Like, I I mean, I think this definitely, my experiences have made me stronger, but it made me stronger when I was forced to kind of start healing from it. Not when I was processing like what happened to me. I didn't feel strong then. Like, I felt like shit. And I feel like it's so easy to feel alone and so easy to not seek support because how do you seek support for something that either just happened to you, happened to you 
like super long ago? Like, how do you seek support for that without questioning yourself? And that's part of the impact that it has when I say that it changes you. Like a lot of people suffer in silence. Like they experience depression, PTSD, anxiety, and you lose trust in yourself. You you lose trust in your ability to make decisions. You lose trust in your judgment. And to lose trust in yourself is a scary feeling. Like it doesn't feel good. But all that to say, if you have experienced something, it wasn't your fault then. It's not your fault now. And it will never be your fault. It's not your fault. You are not to blame. And if you are listening to this as a non-survivor, someone who maybe has a friend or a loved one who has experienced something, you know, some things that you shouldn't say is like, what were you wearing? Like, that's extremely problematic. And it falls into the myth of like victim blaming or in this case, survivor blaming. Um, I've heard people also say like, men don't get assaulted which is so ridiculous because young boys are groomed older men are also sexually assaulted um and that's why people have a hard time coming forward when these things happen don't ask them if they were intoxicated don't ask like don't blame them believe them that is the best thing that you can do for someone who has disclosed something like that to you believe them nine out of ten times they're questioning themselves already. So believe them, like give them the reassurance, like, hey, this wasn't your fault because it's not. That's the truth. Like, that's not you just lying to them. That's the truth, you know. And when we survivor blame, victim blame, whatever, we're feeding into rape culture. And that is not what we want to do. We want to move away from that. And even for those people who aren't ready to disclose something that has happened to them or who's never talked about it, never told anyone or who's just struggling mentally you're just trying your best to get through it and to heal or you have told someone and they didn't believe you I'm so sorry I believe you and again it wasn't your fault like your experience your story doesn't have to be validated by anyone else it doesn't you know your story stand in that and don't let anyone try to make you feel at fault for something that was not in your control you had no control over that and for those of you listening, I also want to add that consent can never be assumed. If someone is silent, that's not consent. What someone is wearing doesn't determine consent. If someone changes their mind, that's not consent. Guilt tripping someone, threatening them into a yes is not consent. Being under the influence or intoxicated in getting a yes or getting some type of body language is not consent. Body language is not consent. Having been intimate with that person before is not consent. These things are not consent. Consent is, yes, I want to do this. Yes, I'm comfortable doing this. Not going off of vibes or body language or any of that. No. Like we know that no means no, but anything that is not a direct and clear yes is a no. That's it. And as I wrap this up for survivors in light of Sexual Assault Awareness Month, what we call SAM, you did nothing to deserve what happened to you. You did not deserve that. You did not deserve that. I hear you. I see you. And I believe you. And for people on the outside kind of supporting their loved ones with this, like I said, believe them. Just be there for them. Reassure them, hey, this wasn't your fault. It will never be your fault. I believe you. I hear you. How can I support you in this way? That's the best way to always support someone too is just ask them straight up, how can I support you? What can I do to help you in this moment? 
And any past ideas or beliefs that you may have had about sexual assault or rape that is survivor blaming, take those out of your head and believe survivors. Do not contribute to rape culture with these harmful myths. Don't do it. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, um, if this was triggering, I'm sorry. And please seek out support. I'm going to leave some resources in the little description thing. And thank you all so much for listening. Gardenia, blessings to each of you.